Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Our business is public relations, coaching, and strategy. If you are in the market for communication road mapping, media relations, social and digital branding, coaching and event preparation, or any other services that you think we can be of value, please reach out at www.provisionadvisors.net. All right. Hey, hey. I am your host, Carly Simon, otherwise known as John Schofield. My sultry lounge singer voice is the result of a very active weekend this weekend. Uh, The Friday night revelry with the class of 96, the game on Saturday, uh, and then many thanks to friend of the pod, Bill Squires, class of 75, who works at Giants Stadium for allowing me and my sons to go up to the Giants game uh, against my beloved Denver Broncos and get an experience there. Uh, We were able to get pictures on the field afterwards and just yet another piece of information that tells me that the the fraternity and sorority that exists at the Naval Academy where we take care of our own is alive and well. So let's talk about the main piece of news that took place over the weekend, and that was the event on Saturday at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Let's not forget that it was September 11th. There was a great flyover. There was a lot of emotion, obviously, there. Uh, We've all lost people that we knew. Uh, We read off the names on the last pod. But after all of the ceremony, after all the back and forth, after all of the remembering, what we needed to do was play a football game. And I think Chris Cervello and Bill Wagner joining me today on the Sing Second Sports post-game podcast brought to you by Sheehy Lexus would agree that there really was no game to discuss, to watch. Uh, There's a lot for us to break down and a lot in the postmortem, and we'll get to that. But the final score, in case you were under a rock, was 23-3 to Air Force. Um, It was a very, very bad performance with only 68 yards, I believe, of offense. Um, And we were talking before we went live that this particular performance – is now part of a trend line. This has not looked like the Naval Academy option offense. It has not looked like a performance against other service academies that we've been so used to in the last 12 to 16 years. And it was bad. It was a very, very bad thing. And I'll tell you what, I felt felt terrible for the athletes. I felt terrible for the alumni. I felt terrible for Chet and the coaches and everyone No one's out there trying to lay an egg, but an egg was laid. And Chris, I'm going to go to you first uh, because I know WAGS has a ton of content. From your perspective, what did you see and and how loud are the alarm bells right now? Well, I think the alarm bells are pretty loud in in that um, over the last, you know, 15 years, um, the 14 years that, that, uh, that Nehemiah has been with us at, at the head coach position. I, I mean, the, the bar is so high, right? So, I mean, th- this is the double-edged sword that is, you know, winning. And so when you win, people expect to win and they expect you to um, play at a high level. And what we have seen to your point 
three of the last four seasons, the the fourth, you know, only two games deep, is that the Navy option offense, the triple option offense that you know Navy really put on the map again here in the last you know twenty years is is just failing. It, it, it is just not operating at the level that I think Coach Nehemiah would expect it to operate. I think that Coach Jasper would expect it to operate and that Navy fans expect it to operate. And there's really no way of getting around that, right? I mean, we've been lucky at times where the defense has stepped up and masked some of that adversity. Um, and, and really for three or four quarters uh, on Saturday, you saw that the, the defense really holding – uh, the game close so that if the offense had been able to get something going, it, it could have been a game. But yeah, I, I think we've got to look at where we are. And, and as professionals, you have to be clear eyed and sober and say, we're not on PIM, right? To use a surface warfare uh, analogy, right? We're, we're off track. And how do we get back on track? And why are we off track? Um, those unemotional conversations need to occur. So Wags, talk to us about what exactly is off track, other than everything, um, because the, the easy answer would be, well, well everything, the, the train is literally off the rails. But from your perspective, this goes deeper than the quarterback. It goes deeper than the play calling. It goes deeper than anything else. Um, is this institutional? Is this a crisis of, of true like team identity, uh, where a lot of times when that crisis happens, you get into that like Baltimore Orioles full rebuild, gut it, you know, try to try to replenish the system and the recruits and start over again. I don't know if that's the answer, but you're going to know better than I. Go ahead. Well, first of all, I agree with all of what Chris said. And yes, this this offense is not the offense that we have come to know. The offense that Paul Johnson brought to Navy and that Kenya Matololo continued, that this is not it. And there's two way too many technical things to get into, but there, the, it, in the end, it comes down to execution. But there are certain elements of the triple option that are fundamental that it seems that maybe has gotten away from. Um, I'll give you a perfect one small example. The triple option, the way Paul Johnson designed it, is double slots. Way too often now, Navy is not in a double slot formation. They're lining a slot up along the line of scrimmage more like a slot receiver would be in the NFL. And that prevent that already helps the defense because they know one certain things that like they don't have to expect that the pitch could go either right or left because you don't have two pitchmen in equal and the way it works at Navy, the other slot's supposed to lead the slot who's carrying the ball and be the blocker. So when you're not in double slots, you're already taking away from some of the core element of what the triple option is but we have to in the end talk about talent level you are as good as your talent level and in 2019 when Malcolm Perry a NFL player was in the quarterback position Navy's offense looked great and they but let's also say that that offensive line was really good with David Forty and Ford Higgins leading the way so you're as good as your talent right now that I don't see the talent. The offensive line was beaten soundly at the line of scrimmage by Air Force's defensive line. Now, Air Force had an advantage. They put seven men in the box. They had no fear whatsoever of getting beaten four passes one-on-one in coverage. 
So they had no concern of, of, a, of Navy passing the ball and moving the ball through the air. So they went in single coverage uh, on the back end, and that puts seven guys in the box, and that's too many defenders to account for. So that's another issue. You know, so And the quarterback. I'm sorry, but the quarterback play uh, the, so far this season is not good enough. And last season it was not good enough. And the option – is all based on a quarterback. You have got to have a quality quarterback. And I'm also starting to not I mean, back when Paul Johnson first brought this offense here and even into the Nehemiah Talola era, quarterbacks read the defense at the line of scrimmage and made checks. I'm not seeing that as much. The quarterback has to understand how to operate the option well enough that they can see the defense and know what play they're supposed to be in and make the checks. I don't know how much that's happening anymore. I'm seeing Navy get to the line of scrimmage and then look to the sideline for direction, which leads me to believe that the decisions on checks are being made upstairs by the offensive coordinator. So there's a lot of factors going on, John, but in the end, what we saw against Army last season and an Air Force this season me is not going to win service academy games. And if your number one goal is the commander-in-chief's trophy, then something has to be done. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. There's no, Anybody who watched Saturday or the Army game last year knows that that cannot continue. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and let's give credit where credit is due here. Um, Brad Roberts for Air Force had a little bit of a game. Uh, 21 attempts for 101 yards and two touchdowns. I thought I thought his Daniels as as the quarterback ran a very good um, a very good game. Managed the game to the point that you were making before Wags that there was field generalship there, and and I was very impressed. Um, and, you know, amidst the disappointment of what was happening on the Navy side of the ball, we're all sisters and brothers in arms here, and. And I'll tell you what, as soon as we're done playing Air Force, as soon as we're done playing Army, um, you know, we're, 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 of course, rooting for our uh, fellow service members um, to do well um, in school and out in the fleet and the Air Force and the Army. So, you know, the credit where credit is due, Air Force came in on a very emotional day, a tough road game. There's no talk of turnbacks here or turnbacks there. They came in, they beat us. And, uh, and that's what happened. Now we have an off day or an off week, and then it doesn't get any easier because then there's a tiny trip to Houston, uh, which is going to be very, very, very difficult. Now we get to kind of the tougher conversations about what happens next. And there have been rumors about changes in the coaching staff. There have been rumors of uh, disgruntlement um, in the administration with what's going on. Well, I, I'm here to tell you, no shit. Yeah, of course there's disgruntlement. Um, it's it's how it gets handled, and you know we're of course you know going to be very very sober and very um, you know very judicious in how we report this and not get out in front of anyone. But Chris, I'll go over to you. Is a change necessary? And if so, what kind of a change? think a change is absolutely necessary. What kind of change? I, I don't know, John. I, I, I really don't know. This is why you pay your athletic director and your, you, you know, your administrators and your coaches um, the, the type of money that you do. 
be, because they have to make these hard calls. Um, and, and so, um, I don't know what, uh, what change is needed. I mean, WAG's reported and, and, you know, he's going to uh, give us a summary here in a second about what happened after the game, but WAG's reported that um, offensive coordinator Ivan Jasper was let go um, by NAAA after the game. Um, we still haven't seen an official announcement. So that, that may mean that they're not ready to talk. It may mean that they are giving it a little bit more time to, to make follow on decisions. You know, I don't believe what's going on at Navy is any different than what goes on at any other big university when they hit adversity. Um, you know, there's emotion, there's anger, there's frustration, then cooler heads prevail and they make, you, you know, they, they second guess themselves a little bit. So I, I don't, I don't know what'll happen. Here, here's what I'll say, John. I trust Chet Gladchuk. I trust Ken Niamontololo, Right. Um, I am willing to give them a few days to figure it out what the public announcement is. If they decide to go ahead and, and truly fire IJ, um, I, I trust that that was the best decision. We put out a tweet on Saturday night. We've known IJ a long time. We think very highly of him. Um, we think highly of all of these people, and that's what makes it so difficult. So my advice to fellow fans would be breathe through your nose Give these folks that you were happy to pat on the back and say how great they were, you know, during the Malcolm years, during the Keenan years, give them a couple day, days to get their act together. And then we'll see where we are. I'm not willing to turn it into hot take central, uh, you know, on this podcast or on Twitter when we just don't know where we're going to go yet. So Wags, I, I, and I know that you're in a tough spot as, as Chris and I are, because a lot of people think that this whole thing is transactional right? Like, oh, well, X's and O's and you fire an offensive coordinator, this guy on the staff is let go. And a lot of people don't recognize that our kids go to school together. You know, like my son and Jaron Jasper, like know each other well. Um, they're, they're friends and they're in our neighborhoods and they're in our communities. And I started this whole thing off about talking about what is so special about the Naval Academy family. Now, there's been upheaval elsewhere. I mean, just down the road at Maryland after Jordan McNair died, up the road at UConn with the debacle with Randy Edsel retiring at the end of the year and then retiring right now. I, I'll say this before Wags chimes in. If anyone out there thinks that this type of adversity and unknown and tumult in the program is going to shake the ability of these young men to go out in the fleet and be leaders you're dead ass wrong. All right. I think that this is a great uh, like test bed for what you're going to see when you go out there. Are you, how are you going to stand in front of your, a platoon of Marines or a division of sailors after the CO gets shit canned? All right. You, you know that you're only as good as the team that you have in place. And this is the team that we have in place. And like you, I trust implicitly that Chet and Nehemiah have the best interests of these young men in mind and the best interests of the program in mind. And whatever happens, happens. But we're certainly not just going to report on it transactionally because these are people's lives. They know the business. They know that it's a business and that people get fired when they don't do their jobs. Um, so WAGS, is someone getting fired or not? As of this morning, John, Ivan Jasper was fired. He was fired Saturday night. There is no doubt about that. And I communicated with Ivan Jasper and found direct out directly from him that, yes, indeed, he was fired. And as of yesterday afternoon, Ivan Jasper 
still believe to aspire. Now, the curious element here and why we're talking as though this is not final is that the Naval Academy Athletics Association has not issued a press release formally announcing this fact. So maybe it's not as done a deal as it appeared on Saturday night. Um, I know that Ivan Jasper feels it's done and members of his family have posted social media if, you know, as this it's done because they're saying, how you know, we loved Annapolis. And so the Jasper family feels it's over, but something is clearly in the works. I don't know what's going on as we sit here taping this pod on Monday morning. I'm sure by the end of the day, we'll have a little more clarity, but um, I'm not sure that the end result is going to be that Ivan Jasper is going to be reinstated as offensive coordinator. I think the damage has been done there. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see how you go back in time at this point. Um, but I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why there's been no official press release issued by NAAA on this. Um, I know that Ivan Jasper was originally slated to do a Zoom presser this week, and that has not now been canceled. That's not being held. So I would presume that's because he's not on the staff. Um, it's just a difficult situation, but you know, again, there's no one thing that is not in question. The, there's something wrong with the offense. So I don't know that firing the offensive coordinator fixes the offense, but it sends a clear message that this is unacceptable and will not be tolerated and something needs to change. And I don't know what the change would be. And I will also say that if indeed Ivan is fired and this holds true, maybe he's now down two coaches because Billy Ray Stutzman's not coaching and then Ivan wouldn't be coaching. And in, in division one college football in the American athletic conference, you cannot operate down two coaches. It's all hands on deck during a season. You need all the help you can get. And that also goes to recruiting, which is ever ongoing. So I don't know how you get a new coach in here during a season, if it's even possible, but I don't like the idea of maybe going through an entire season down two assistant coaches. Yeah. So before we finish it out, I'm going to throw my PAO hat on and, and ask Chris to do the very same thing. Um, certainly this has an element to it that hurts the brand. Um, if there's this unknown about whether someone has been fired or not been fired and whether there is tumult within the program and when you lose 49 to seven and 23 to three, um, there is a certain element of recruit that's always going to want to come to the Naval Academy. And as, you know, Keenan Reynolds tweeted over the weekend, you know, they're going to be ride or die guys. Like I'm going to the Naval Academy. I don't care what's going on there. But from your perspective, Chris, like as a communicator, what opportunity or threat exists here for, for them to kind of take this and turn it and, and make it good? Or is this just a classic crisis comm scenario where you're going to have to survive it, deal with it, get through it, and then let the next game against Houston be the best salve to the wound, which is turning frowns upside down with the big win on the road. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, winning cures all right. I mean, we we've heard that. So I think until they are able to um, win again, um, the, the brand does take a hit, right? I mean, that, that's no real like 
headline. I mean, that that's the way it is in college football. Shit. I mean, Florida State played the game of their life against Notre Dame the week before and then got beat by Jacksonville State, right? I mean, that, that's college football, right? And so what we're seeing at Navy right now is um, this is what a, a, a major program has to endure. So I think as long as we're not overly cute, as long as we communicate what we know and, um, you know, keep the fan base engaged, uh, again, all things that Chet Gladchuck has been successful at doing over his tenure, even if the fans don't like it, I think the fans and potential recruits will understand that this is part of the game. Absolutely. And Wags, why don't you go ahead and take us out? Um, and then when we come back from break, we will break down what happened in the other sports and uh, go from there. Wags? Well, first and foremost, before we go any further, I want to thank Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis once again and General Manager Paul La Rochelle for sponsoring the Navy football postgame report. Uh, we appreciate Sheehy Lexus and their support. They're conveniently located off of Ferguson Road, which is just off of Route 50. Take Baydale Drive to Ferguson Road and you can get to Sheehy Lexus. You see it right there along Route 50, a beautiful showroom. They treat every customer as they, they were a guest in their home. Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis, uh, outstanding car dealer. Um, before we, I mean, it's so much about this whole pod is the Navy offense and what that horrible offense effort on Saturday against Air Force spawned, which we believe at this moment was the firing of offensive coordinator Ivan Jasper. But we should, in this postgame report, give the defense some deal. Brian Newberry, the defensive coordinator, and his staff got the defense right in one week after the poor performance against Marshall, giving up 49 points and almost 500 total yards. Navy's defense, led by Diego Fago, really came out rock'em sock'em and was sh totally shut down Air Force. Air Force was getting nothing, and that's why it was a scoreless game for as long as it was, and it was a punting battle, and you've got to give the Navy defense some credit. They played really, really well and did pretty much everything they could, hoping that the offense could get something going. And at one point, Navy was leading 3-0 because Air Force blinked first with regard to the exchange of punts and a and a poor 19-yard punt set Navy up deep in Air Force territory. And then it was disappointing because Xavier Arline broke a long run on a nice kind of gadget play. It was a fake pitch to the right. Then he came left and followed fullback Isaac Ruos into the hole. And it looked like he was gone for a touchdown, which would have been really uplifting. But the outstanding linebacker for Air Force tripped him up. And Navy had to settle for a field goal, which was deflating in the circumstance. Uh, but at that point, Navy was leading 3-0 because the defense had played so well. And you mentioned Hazik Daniels. I mean, this was a field position battle. And what really happened was that Navy had some miscues that led to giving Air Force great field position. Navy had its own poor punt. And Navy also had a roughing the punter penalty, both of which gave Air Force the ball in Navy territory. And Air Force took advantage of those short fields to score touchdowns. Um, so just wanted to give the defense a little credit before we went out because they played really well and it served to be mentioned. One downside is I'm worried about Kevin Brennan and Mitch West, the two starting safeties. They both went out with what looked to be, to be pretty serious injuries, in particular Kevin Brennan. So we'll hear about their status, but it did not look good for Navy's two starting safeties. And those are both outstanding players, West and Brennan, and they were both flying around on Saturday, making plays just like Diego. So that would be huge losses, John. 
I completely agree. And like I said before, and I'll say one more time before we go out, uh, no, no other place on the planet would I, would I have the faith at uh, people taking these pieces of adversity and, and, uh, and overcoming them and, and succeeding. And that's what, uh, that's what we hope for this football team. And, and uh, that's what the physical mission teaches. And that's why we do this podcast. Since recording this podcast earlier this morning on Monday, September 13th, Coach Ken Niamantololo held his weekly press conference via Zoom with reporters from around the region. We're going to share the full seven minutes of the back and forth between WAGS and Coach. But in essence, what we heard during that online press conference was Ken Niamantololo announced that Ivan Jasper had been reinstated on the Navy football coaching staff. However, Jasper will no longer be the offensive coordinator. He will only coach quarterbacks. So in the short term, this answers several questions that Navy fans had over the last few days. As John mentioned earlier, we expect that this will be an ongoing story over the next couple days and weeks. And as things change, we'll continue to update you via Twitter and on our Thursday podcast. Without further ado, here's the back and forth between Bill Wagner of the Annapolis Capitol and Coach Niamantololo. Coach, uh, could you first start off by addressing the news that had emanated out Saturday night after the game about Coach Ivan Jasper and, and just tell us your current situation with your coaching staff, please? Well, obviously, it's a tough loss. You know, Saturday to lose to your rivals is always tough. Um, you know, to lose the Air Force and like that. I mean, it's just a tough, you know, started with tough loss wags. Um, I don't think uh, Mr. Gladchuk was too happy the way things transpired, you know, and he's, he's the leader of our department. Um, and, you know, he made a decision after the game that, you know, he was going to um, – you know, let Coach Jasper go. And, you know, again, none of us were happy. You know, I mean, a lot of emotions after the game, you know, to lose to a rival like that. Uh, we didn't, you know, didn't play well on offense. Um, but there's been some discussion since then. You know, I, I've met with him. And, you know, we just, we just talked more about the situation. There's just been more things that have transpired since then. Is that the right thing to do? I mean, it's... Uh, we still got a lot to play for. Coach Jasper has meant so much to this program. Obviously, we're not playing well now on offense, but the things that, that he's done for this school and for this program over the years has been monumental. You just look at all the guys that he's done. I mean, two NFL players, all the record books, rushing quarterback records. Uh, Coach Jasper pretty much owns uh, his coach. His um, quarterbacks pretty much own them all, and more importantly, I mean, he's beloved by people. I mean, he's beloved by his players, uh, beloved by, you know, he's a great developer of quarterback, but also of men, guys that are serving our fleet in our Navy Marine Corps. So um, there's just been more discussions about that. Is that the route we want to go? Um, and so where we're at right now is, um, you know, you know, Ask Mr. Gladchuk to reconsider, just to reconsider that because, like I said, who he is and, you know, my mind I didn't agree with the situation. It's not the right thing to do. So after, you know, further consideration, but he, Coach 
I mean, Chet wanted changes though. He wants, he doesn't, he's not, he's, uh, he doesn't like where we're at, you know, as a, uh, as an offense, but which I get, I'm the head coach and I recognize that we're not, we're, we're struggling on offense right now. Uh, and so what, what I've done now is since that time is, you know, I've asked him, I would love to keep coach Jasper, you know, I'm, I'm already heavily involved in offense. I mean, I always have been. I mean, I'm the head coach, but I've always been on the offensive side of the ball. Um, many times I call plays. You know, I mean, I'm heavily involved on offense, but um, Coach will, Coach Jasper will just, you know, be at the program, but he'll coach the quarterbacks. Um, and we'll continue forward, you know what I mean? And uh, I'll call plays. But like I said, I've, I've called plays before. You know, as Coach Jasper has been the coordinator. I. You know, I'm in there heavily involved coordinating with him, you know, so we'll continue to collaborate with him and all the other coaches on our, on our staff. But it was, it was an unfortunate situation. Um, you know, there's some emotion involved, obviously, but we just lost a big game. You know, it's like some things happened in, in the locker room, but I think, you know, cooler heads have prevailed. And so that's, you know, where we're at right now, so. So just to be clear, Coach Jasper has been reinstated as a member of the staff, will coach the quarterbacks. You will, in essence, you'll take over calling plays, um, which you have done before, as you mentioned. But is that, is that clear that he is – Coach Jasper's back? Yes, Coach Jasper has been reinstated, okay. you know, which, which I'm grateful for. I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, and um, I, I just took – we're, we're a stronger program. We have a better chance if he's with us. I mean, it's like, I mean, he's, he's the best option coach around. You know what I mean? We're not playing very well and we'll get that fixed and we're going to keep working. But um, losing him was not the right answer. Like I said, there's a lot of emotion going on. and um, But the right thing is to keep Coach Jasper here. Like I said, I mean, it's whatever. I mean, call me the coordinator, but I, I've been heavily involved in the offense anyway. I always have been. I mean, that's the side of the ball I've been on in all the years I've been a head coach. The defensive coordinators, I've always left them alone, whether it's Buddy Green or Dale Pearson and now Brian Newberry. I'm on the offensive side of the ball, heavily involved in everything on that side. And so I'm just much to blame on all this too. You know what I mean? But we're going to get this right. We're not we're not quitters, man. This, we've been in this profession a long time. And we recognize what this profession is about. We, we ain't going anywhere. We got a lot to play for, man. Still got 10 games, still got, um, you know, our league play. We still got Army at the end. There's a lot to play for. Not excited about where we are offensively. Not excited about being on two, but we ain't going anywhere. We're going to keep fighting. Kenny, is there concern about what this has done at any damage? Or do you feel that, it, I mean, I, you could look at this as two ways. It's a, a wake-up call shot across the bow that everybody – has got to pick it up, or you could say that this has been a terrible distraction that was unnecessary. We didn't need a wake-up call, Wags. <laughs> you know what I mean? We've been doing this for – we do this as a living. You know what I mean? We're coaches. You know what I mean? This isn't a nine-to-five job where you punch your card and, like, you know, you know you have to win and you have to produce. We didn't need any shot in the ball or wake-up call. I mean, this – no, we didn't need that. I mean, we, we see where we're at. We saw, you know, we've, you know, um, 
Now, the media stuff might write about last year, but I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about this year. And so seeing where our team is, and we're on two right now, that's all I look at. Other people, I don't look at it because to me, last year is irrelevant. We're trying to get the 2021 team. And there wasn't, I didn't need any wake-up call for that. That's why, I mean, I don't know if this sounds egotistical or whatever, but there's a reason I've been in this profession for a long time because I know what this profession is about. This is a freaking ruthless profession. It's ruthless. And it will spit you out in a heartbeat. You know, I've been coaching 31 years. I know what this business is about. It's a hard, 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 hard business. This isn't for the faint of heart. To be a coach is not for everybody. This is a hard deal. I didn't need anybody to tell me anything. I don't think any of our coaches need anybody to do. We know we got to get better. And we want to keep fighting. And we want to keep inspiring. Um, but I talked to our team right now. I talked to our team. We had a long meeting. We're at the United States Naval Academy. We're being leaders for our country. You know what I mean? And so I've told them there's adversity all the time. You're going to be first and foremost a leader of your family. And there's going to be things that come up in your family with your marriage, your kids and stuff. And hopefully you don't run out on your family. Hopefully you keep leading. Same thing when you're a na- uh, sailor and Marine, over sailors and Marines. There's going to be things you have to lead them about. And so, you know, I talked to him last night. These are some tough times, but you have to weather them. You continue to keep, you know, coming together as a family. It was, you know, it was a big enough distraction to lose to Air Force. <laughs> I mean, that's, that sucked. You know, I mean, what a great atmosphere and it sucked. So, you know, it was unfortunate the other part happened, but it, it is what it is. We're, we're going to deal with it. But, you know, we didn't need it and we didn't need a wake-up call, Wags. I mean. I may not have worded that the way I wanted. I'm sorry. So we are going to go to break. When we come back, we'll do a quick recap of the other sports that took place over the weekend. This is Sing Second Sports. We'll be right back. Thanks again for joining our Sheehy Lexus of Annapolis post-game podcast. If you're looking for more in-depth coverage of Navy football, check out Bill Wagner, Keenan Reynolds, and Eric Catani on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. Believe they do a recap show that looks just at the week that was in Navy football, and then they do a pod later in the week that looks ahead at the upcoming game. You can find that podcast, and it's called Believe in Navy Football, B L E A V in Navy Football. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. So, in addition to Sing Second Sports, check out Believe in Navy Football. Now, back to the pod. All right, and we're back. Uh, awesome breakdown from uh, Wags uh, and Chris. Let's talk about a few things that happened over the weekend. Number one, uh, Chris and I were very, very happy to be at Glenn Warner on Friday night uh, to watch Navy get kind of punched in the mouth right there in the fourth minute. They gave up a goal to Mount St. Mary's. Alexa Riddle brought him back a couple of minutes later. And then Amanda Graziano just had an absolute wonder goal. It was wonderful to watch. Uh, to, to get Navy up 2-1, and they eventually, the final score of that game was 2-1. Now, the rest of the weekend did not end as well for Navy women's soccer. Unfortunately, Air Force on Sunday night came in and defeated the women 1-0. That was unfortunate, and as Chris Cervello was telling me uh, late last night, like that was sort of a capper to a really, really bad sports weekend, um, other than the fact that the Broncos won. 
Water polo defeated Iona 12 to seven um, up in Princeton on Sunday. That was after having a very, very, <laughs> very tough time uh, with the number three ranked Stanford Cardinal on Saturday up there. Uh, they lost 18 four, uh, but Louis Nicolau's guys came right back and got a big win against Iona the next day. Uh, women's golf finished 10th out of 15th down in Williamsburg at the William and Mary Fall Invitational. Men's golf finished six out of 14 um, at the Doc Gimler in Farmingdale, New York. Also on Saturday, volleyball played Loyola Marymount, a very good uh, Loyola Marymount team. We talked to Paco Labrador about how difficult this tournament was going to be in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, they lost 3-0, got swept by Loyola Marymount. But, I mean, again, they're playing really tough competition and doing well. Let's not forget that water polo also beat Brown over the weekend in between the Stanford loss. They beat Brown 11 to seven. Um, it's going to be a quiet week. And then we have an off week for, uh, for uh, Navy football before they go down to Houston in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll bring you updates. There's something telling me that this is going to be kind of a news packed week. So uh, as it happens, follow Bill Wagner on Twitter, follow us on Twitter and Wags, I know that there are a couple of other things going on or that happened. Go for it. Well, John, I just want to do, uh, don't want to forget about men's soccer, which went up to George Washington on Friday night. Jason Oyama, sophomore, netted his first goal of the season off an assist from Tyler Fanning. And Navy soccer is now 4-0-1 men's soccer program. Um, offshore sailing had a couple victories in the uh, Hammond Memorial uh, race to Oxford. Also, men's cross-country turned in a dominant performance on Friday in the Navy cross-country twilight race, uh, hosting a variety of teams from the region. Uh, the mids paced the field with runners spelling each of the top 10 individual finishing positions and posting a perfect team score of 15 points. Senior Miguel Mathias took the individual honors with a time of 23 minutes, 59 seconds. That was the fastest of the 69 runners on the 4.9-mile course. So, a lot of good things. There were a couple good things, John. It wasn't all negative. But men's soccer got a win. Offshore sailing got a couple victories in a big regatta. And men's cross country looked good. And as we go out, being fair to the women's uh, cross country program, um, this was uh, the first time that they were competing on their home course in 2021. Uh, and they were a force against the field of 51 runners and five teams at that same meet. Uh, junior Elizabeth Sullivan was the standout. She collected the individual title by over 30 seconds. That's what I like to call an ass kicking with a time of 22 minutes and 24 seconds on the strength of eight finishers in the top 10, the mids, the female cross country team won the team title with a total of 21 points. Um, and let's not forget that on Friday, right before they competed on that golf course, uh, former Navy men's basketball player Mike Keery shot his best round of the new renovated Naval Academy golf course with a smooth 69 uh, with John Schofield in the cart caddying for him uh, very expertly. It was extremely fun to watch. Um, so shout out to Mike Keery for a great 69 on Friday. Hey, Chris, uh, go, go ahead and take us out because I, I literally can't talk anymore. <laughs> 
I'll grab the baton. There were lots of downs over the weekend, but there were also lots of ups for Sing Second Sports. We had a chance to meet so many different midshipmen that came up to us and that were, you know, telling us that they um, are, are fans of the pod. Uh, we met a lot of parents uh, of all varieties, football parents, basketball parents. We met women's soccer parents. So we're really happy. I mean, that's what makes all of this come together is when we get an opportunity to get out there and, and talk to people and, and, and get feedback. So please keep that feedback coming. Please, uh, you, you know, look, look for us at these events. Uh, we love hearing from you. And, uh, you, you know, we, we love uh, singing second. So let, let's get back to our winning ways. Here, here. Thank you to Sheehy Lexus for sponsoring this post-game report. Thank you to all of you for listening. Thank you to Chris and Wags for their expert opinions. Thank you to Ward for being such a good teammate. We will see you at the end of the week with our midweek pod. We've asked to talk to Czech Gladchuk to shed some light on what's going on. Hopefully that happens. If not, we'll bring you some great guests to talk about the goodness of the physical mission because there's a lot of goodness there. For Chris and Wags, I'm Schofield. We're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show, and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.